I think sometimes you just want a big fat bowl of ice cream because it'll make you feel better. And that's fine. While acknowledging that that's not going to ultimately fix the problem. It becomes a problem when it's getting in your way. Hey there, welcome to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. I'm Brooke. And hello, I'm Iris. On this show, we challenge the common understanding of what it means and what it takes to be fit and healthy. We explore all things fitness, nutrition, mindset, and mental health without the fluff and BS. So grab a coffee, get ready to laugh, cry, even learn a thing or two. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Hope you guys are all doing well. Brooke, how's it going? It's going good. How about you? How are things going for you? Good, good. A little hectic uh, this week. My brother-in-law is moving into town, so we are just pulling all of my people into Ohio. <laughs> so it's been a little <laughs> bit chaotic, but that's okay. It's all good. Good things, good things. Good I things. Love it. Yeah. So today we have a little Q&A for you. It's going to be a bit of a shorter episode, so grab a cup of coffee, grab a drink of water, grab a cup of tea, uh, go for a walk, get those earbuds in. And take a listen. These are listener questions that we have been given since we started this podcast. So we thought we would just go through them in this episode and the next episode with just Brooke and I. We'll have a guest in between and answer some of your questions. I like it. I like it. All right. You want to kick us off with the first one? Yeah. So first question is, what do you think about first form greens supplement? Is it worth it? Mm. What do you think? I guess it really depends on why you want to use a green supplement. Is it because you don't like eating vegetables or is it because you want to get a little bit more vegetables? I use a green supplement personally just because more veggies won't hurt. But as far as is it worth it, I guess it really is dependent on why you want to use it. Yeah. I think if you're using it as a, an excuse not to eat vegetables, I'm not for that because you don't get the the fiber or the mouth satisfaction of just eating. <laughs> Very true. So I guess it really it really kind of depends on what you're using it for. It's not a replacement. Right. You should still eat your fruits and vegetables and all those nutritious options. Mm -hmm. I did use one towards the end of my build, actually, because I was having a hard time eating vegetables because they're they have so much volume and I was full all the time and it just I didn't feel good to eat that high volume stuff. So I did have a green supplement every so often um, when I didn't have as much veggies as I wanted to have. And it's just one of those things. It's a supplement, though, like Brooke said, it's not a replacement. It's a supplement. I drink a green supplement in the morning just because I don't usually have a lot of vegetables in the morning, but I make sure that like my lunch and my dinner have vegetables in it. I just want an extra dose of veggies. So it really depends on what's worth it to you. Yep. Yep. And as far as first form, I think it tastes like hay. So I don't use that one. <laughs> That's my personal preference though. I can't speak on first form because I've never used any first form products. So mm -hmm. I use buff chick. Actually, I get the lime. I think it's tropical lime flavored. That's pretty good. I use buff chick juice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. It's good. And yeah, I just, I really mix good. it in water and I actually add a little more lime juice to kind of take away the, I mean, it's going to have a little bit of a grassy flavor just because of what's in it, but it tastes like lime water to me. 
Yeah, I get the tropical pineapple and it's amazing. All right. How to increase maintenance calories. If you want to increase your maintenance calories, you you want to essentially increase your BMR. So your basal metabolic rate, which factors into your total daily energy expenditure. Yeah. So, I mean, as we said in the maintenance episode, you can increase the calories you need by adding muscle mass. It's a, it's a small amount, though. It's not as much as people hope <laughs> and think. But, I mean, a bigger machine takes more fuel to run, right? So if you're bigger, you're going to need more calories. And that's just a thing that you decide if that's worth it for you. And I'm talking bigger just in general, right? More body fat, more muscle mass, just bigger. And movement. To a certain extent, to a reasonable extent, the more you move, the more fuel you need. So keeping that need up, steps, within a reasonable protein. range, of course, protein. Um, and then what comes to mind with this is just kind of accepting the calories that are yours, you know? I, would I love to get away with eating like 3,000 calories at maintenance? Yes, but it's not going to happen because that's not me, you know? So it is what it is, and it's just kind of not dwelling on that too much, just kind of maximizing what you can do. And also remembering sometimes we have this number in our mind that we believe is our maintenance and it's not. We could actually eat more. We're just afraid to. So testing those waters and trying that out, you might surprise yourself. Most definitely. Most definitely. So our next question, I love this. I went off track with my nutrition for three days and I'm scared to weigh myself. Have I ruined my progress? Did you make all your progress in three days? Exactly. <laughs> How much progress did you make in three days? Yeah, you're, you're not going to ruin your progress, you know, over three days. Three months, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Three days? No, not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, going back to the math, right? It's 3,500 calories over your maintenance, which again, sometimes we like to believe our maintenance is lower than it actually is. 3,500 calories over that you put on a pound a month of fat. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about it, it didn't take you three days to progress, just right. like it's not going to take three days to regress. And as far as being afraid to weigh yourself, something to keep in mind is if you kind of gone off the rails for three days, the scale is going to be up. It's accepting that. It's accepting that the scale might be up. And if the scale's up, that's fine. It's just data. If you had more carbs, if you had food with more sodium, food volume in your stomach, it's going to be up. But understanding that that's not going to be, you can't gain body fat after three days of going off track of nutrition, like unless you're eating an obscenely amount of high calories. So just be aware that you didn't ruin your progress. The one thing you can do is make the next best choice. And mm -hmm. that might be going for a walk. It might be getting back on track immediately, you know, but you are not going to ruin your progress over three days. Yeah. When you think about it, if you overdo it in a deficit, most people just end up right at their maintenance, you know? It's not like they're doing that 3,500 calories over maintenance if they're going from a deficit. They're just landing around maintenance, maybe a little above. That's okay. Just get right back to it. And don't use the scale as a as like a tool to assess the quote-unquote damage you've done. Just 
take the data or don't or wait a couple days. But I would caution against that because then you create a weigh-in day for yourself, which just puts more emphasis on that emotional response. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Next question. When you bulked, how many calories over maintenance were you? And are you going to bulk again? Ah, okay. I went 250 over my maintenance. And yes, I'm going to do it again um, after I finish this fat loss phase for the rest of the year. I'm going to bulk again. But research supports that anywhere from two to 500 calorie surplus, along with optimized training and all the things, is pretty good for a muscle building phase. Obviously, you don't want to go too much over because then you're just piling on the body fat, which I would be willing to bet is not the goal. It's to optimize muscle gain while keeping the body fat gain to the minimum. And if it's the 200 or towards the 500, that just depends. You, you try it on the lower end, you watch the data, and you adjust as necessary. Yeah, and I completely agree. Iris explained it and articulated it beautifully. <laughs> All right, next question. Well, this is kind of a statement, but cheat meals turn into cheat days, especially when I'm stressed, period. Ah, uh, uh, cheat days, cheat meals. Mm-hmm. First of all, your, your diet is not your partner. You mm-hmm. can't cheat on them. When you use the word cheat, you're turning that into a bad thing. And when we turn things like meals into bad things, it can often make us feel bad about ourselves. Now, cheat meals and cheat days, you shouldn't really need them if you are living a sustainable lifestyle. Because if you're noticing that they're turning into cheat days, then it's showing that you're being too restrictive with your diet and what you're doing. And of course, it's going to happen even more when you're stressed out because you're not addressing emotions that or using coping skills that's going to keep, quote unquote, cheat days at bay. So first and foremost, it's reevaluating your mindset around food. It's building a healthier relationship with food so you don't feel like you need to be as restrictive and quote unquote cheat on your diet. Yeah. And watching your language too. I mean, when in the history of ever has cheating on something been okay? Really never, right? Cheating on a test, cheating on your spouse, cheating on whatever. It's not a good thing. So you're just giving yourself more opportunity for shame and blame and guilt when you call it that. It's just life. Getting rid of the whole cheat day mentality and the on the wagon, off the wagon, starting over Monday. It's just none of that stuff exists. It's just life. That's true. And that kind of leads us to our next question is how to stop emotional eating. Mm. Yeah, a lot of times... What I found is when people are emotionally eating, it is to attempt to not feel things that need to be addressed. Mm -hmm. It's not about the food. A lot of times it's a way to cope with things that are emotional or things that might be weighing on you that have nothing to do with food. So first and foremost, definitely try to work on your emotions. So especially ones that are driving you towards finding comfort in food, because most of the time when people are emotional eating, they're not emotionally eating salad. They're not emotionally eating fruit. They're, they're turning to foods that are heavy carbs, heavy fats, 
highly palatable calorie dense foods to kind of fill that void. So when it comes to emotional eating, if you're dealing with a lot emotionally, first and foremost, like you need to address those thoughts, emotions, needs, maybe people are crossing boundaries. You want to address that first. And if you don't know how to do that, you can start with something as simple as journaling journaling your thoughts, your feelings, and working through them. Or you can see a therapist. You can, you know, talk to a therapist about things if you need to. You know, I've been in therapy for 10 years. I fucking love it. (laughs) Um, So, you know, and if you can't afford therapy or you don't want to go, like, again, you can journal. But realizing that it's not about the food, it's about unaddressed needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think really just getting down into the grit with your feelings, you know, figuring out what you're feeling. That was a big thing for me and something that I've been to therapy for. It's like, I don't even know what I'm feeling right now. It was just like, I feel great. I feel bad. You know, there's so much more in there. It's like, I'm frustrated. I'm embarrassed about something. I'm angry about this. I'm like stressed out about this. It's not just, I feel great. I feel bad kind of thing. Really naming them, figuring out what they are talking them out if you need to, writing them out, you know, with a pen and paper, not on your phone necessarily. So you process things differently when you write. It forces you to slow down and actually think about what you're doing. But it's not about the food. And, you know, I don't think emotional eating is all around 100% a bad thing. I think sometimes you just want a big fat bowl of ice cream because it'll make you feel better. And that's fine while acknowledging that that's not going to ultimately fix the problem. It becomes a problem when it's getting in your way, right? When you're not actually processing things, when it's getting in the way of your goals, when it's, you know, most simple example, it's putting you way over your calories because you keep doing it. So you're not being consistent. That is when it starts to be more of a problem. Like I, I emotionally eat sometimes, it's we just, all do. we all do. It's just a thing. And getting rid of the shame about that, you know, just like the cheat meal thing, getting rid of the shame and guilt about that and just figuring out why. Yeah. Figuring out why. That was a good one. Yeah. That was a good question. That was a very good question. That was a good, a lot of people struggle with that. And I, it's important to talk about. Yeah. So our next question is how to get enough protein. I try to pay attention, but it seems like I'm always falling short when it seems so easy for others. So Mm. first and foremost, you're assuming that it's easy for others. Yeah. You're assuming. One thing to realize is what, what you're seeing online is a highlight reel, right? And it, you know, if you feel like you're falling short when it seems so easy for others, maybe it is, maybe it is easier for others that have been doing this for a lot longer than you have been. Like for me, I can hit my protein goal very easily. And that's because I've spent years practicing on making protein my main focus for my meals. So when you fall into that trap of comparison, you don't have the whole picture. You don't have the whole picture. And, you know, with that, you have to make protein a priority. Like you, you have to prioritize one simple way to try to get enough protein is by simply increasing the portion size at your meals. It's planning your snacks around protein. Maybe it's like a, you know, if you do dairy, like a Greek yogurt and an apple, you know, things like that, you know, just trying to find ways to incorporate it and just overall paying attention 
to what your protein goal is. Now, this this is also, you know, with that comparison trap, you want to keep your eyes on your own paper. You want to stay in your lane because, you know, when you start comparing your progress to other people's, that minimizes what you're actually doing. You're not giving yourself enough credit and you need to make sure that, you know, you're staying in your own lane. Yeah. And take a look at the proteins you're already eating. There has to be some in there. Chicken, if it's three ounces, make it six. Greek yogurt, if it's a tiny little cup, make it a slightly bigger cup. And then building your meals around the protein. So the process in Mm -hmm. our house is we pick a protein and then we go from there. We start with, like tonight we're having salmon. So I'm broiling salmon. We're going to do some carbs. So we're going to do some jasmine rice. I make a tzatziki dip with Greek yogurt and dill and pickles and olive oil. And then we have some kind of green something, which we haven't decided on yet. But we start with the protein. So chicken. What goes good with chicken? A million things. (laughs) Hit up the Google. (laughs) Hit up the Google. Find some recipes that sound interesting. Uh, Steaks. What goes good with steaks? A hundred things. Hit up the Google. Find some stuff. But try to base the meal around the protein, not so much the other way around, right? It's what Brooke said to prioritizing it, right? Instead of trying to fit the protein in different places, start there and then fit the other stuff around it. That'll make it at least a little bit easier. But then again, as you practice, as you get used to it, and as you build that bank of meals that you really like that have some protein that you can just cycle through... It'll get easier over time, like anything else. That is very true. And the last one for this episode, we're going to do a part two. So that'll be the next episode with just Brooke and I, because we have a handful more questions. I want to decrease food focus, increase calories at meals slash no snacks. Always thinking about my next snack or meal. Any tips? Scared. Hmm. So they want to decrease their food focus, maybe increasing calories at meals and not having snacks because currently they're always thinking about what they're going to eat next. Any tips for doing that? Well, the thing that jumps out at me first is, are you eating enough? Because if you want to increase your calories at meals, but then not have any snacks, what's going to happen in between meals? you're going to be focusing on your next meal or you're going to be focusing on your hunger. If you're hungry, you notice that you're grazing throughout the day and you're not having, you know, good filling meals, then yeah, increase calories at meals, but don't restrict yourself to not having any snacks. Look at your calorie total and see what you can do Mm -hmm. to break things up and make them a lot easier to attain. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a snacker, so that's not a thing for me. But if you are a person who just really loves to have a munchie of something, find a way to work that in. Understanding that you don't have to, you can if you want to, and you can make it work. Um, But to Brooke's point, most of the time I would encourage people not to snack and just eat bigger meals. But again, like it depends on the person. If you really like to have snacks, work it in. See, I am a snacker. One thing that I do is I still eat beefy meals. When I snack on foods, I make sure those foods are more nutritious options. I'm not going for chips. I'm not going for crackers. I'm not going for anything like that. I go for apples. I go for banana. I go for foods that are higher in fiber and protein that's going to keep me full till my next meal. 
you shouldn't be focusing all of your attention on food for your next snack or your next meal. What you what I would assume is that you are not eating enough calories if you're constantly thinking about food. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. And just to add on to that, I do eat snacky foods. Like I love my Cheez-Its. I love wheat thins. I could smash a whole box of wheat thins, but I don't have them for a snack. I have them with a meal. So you're still getting that in. Yeah. I still have what I want. I'm just not eating it in the middle of something and then hungry 10 minutes later because I'm, I'm not actually full. But yeah, and then I would just add to that, you know, I personally know what it's like to have food be the most exciting thing about my life. And that is not a fun place to be. So maybe, maybe explore some fun stuff. Find a hobby that can take your mind off things. Like I know Brooke likes to crochet or knit, knit, crochet, crochet, well, (laughs) crochet. (laughs) Brooke likes to crochet. You know, I like to go hiking other things in your life that don't have anything to do with food, maybe you can lean into some of those. Yeah. Or when you start to feel that, go on a walk, Mm -hmm. listen to a podcast. Yeah. Distraction. The power of distraction is huge. And I just did this this morning. I, after my workout, I had my lunch and then I was like, man, I want something sweet, but I have family in town. So we're going to have dessert later. I was like, you know what? It's not really going to serve me right now. So I went for a 20 minute walk, completely forgot that I wanted something sweet. And now I'm good. So, yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for hanging with us, everybody. There's our, the first part of this Q&A. Next episode with just Brooke and I will be part two. Hope you guys got something out of it. And we'll talk to you later. Same time, same place. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Tater Talks, Two Bitches Talk Fitness. If you enjoyed the show, let us know by writing a review, subscribing wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find me, Iris, on Instagram at Iris Deadlifts. And you can find me, Brooke, on Instagram at Get You a Brooke. We'll talk to you soon. Nice. Nice. <laughs>